1: Back first down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw, touchdown. Kansas City, McCall Hardman. McCall
2: Hardman with the catch on the
1: right side. 25 22 Chiefs in overtime. Super Bowl 58 winners back to back for Kansas City. Guess who's with me today to break down the Super Bowl? Chris Cooley is here. Uh, the show is always presented by Window Nation. Call them at 866-90-NATION or head to windonation.com for a great deal right now that features 50% off all style windows, plus no money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years. So... Um, you were pumped up uh, last night because you called me right after the game and we basically did the show that we're about to do on the (laughs) phone last night. And I finally said, enough, enough, enough. just come on tomorrow and we can do this tomorrow. So I thought we would start with what we used to start with, like after Skins games, which is just kind of an overarching reaction uh, to the game, like trying to describe it to somebody who maybe didn't see it um, so you start. Uh, the game was what to you?
3: Hold on. I start. Yeah. You don't want to flip a coin. You don't want to flip a coin here and <laughs> see who goes first? And yeah, who but, goes second? All
1: right. I'll flip the coin. Call it heads or tails? Heads. It's tails. I defer. <laughs> Which is what Kyle should have done. All right. I just deferred. Go.
3: Oh, my God. He came in with the touchdown. I love Michael Hardman's like sweet uh, touchdown. Oh my god, I just won the Super Bowl. He didn't know. He was. He did know, but I don't think he hadn't felt the gravity of it. The game went forever, which was awesome. But it, it was like, I think it hit him a little bit later. Maybe ten. Seconds he said later, he blacked.
1: But... He said he blacked out. He said it was. He said he wasn't entirely sure. He goes, I blacked out, and then Patrick told me the game was over. It look, it was a little bit confusing for people. You know that overtime and the new rules, and Nansen and Romo didn't do the best of job of explaining it early in the overtime. In fact. I didn't catch this, but a lot of people told me that Romo didn't really know what the new overtime rules were because he suggested that if they had thrown a touchdown pass to Jennings on the first San Francisco drive in OT, the game would have been over. I didn't hear that, but if he did, obviously, uh, you know, he didn't know the rules. But anyway, proceed. The overarching theme.
3: Okay. Overarching theme. That's one of the best – football games i've watched in a long time uh start to finish top to bottom i understand there were mistakes i actually didn't watch first half <laughs> of my family i told you i'm gonna go back and watch it uh, like dude there's gonna be like there's a ton of mistakes it's i mean i've seen the highlights i understand what happened and then i had to watch the second half on my phone because i'm such an idiot and i bought youtube the youtube Package this year, and I don't have TV, like, I don't know how to get it. And I didn't want to do the Paramount like you, you subscribe and you can cancel. I'm like, whatever, I'll watch it on my phone. So I sat on the couch, which didn't matter. Um, and I watched it on my phone
1: the the second half. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm <clears throat> so wait a minute, hold on, the first half. hold on, maybe I just changed my overarching <laughs> reaction. My overarching reaction is I've got you on the show with me today to recap the Super Bowl, and you didn't watch the first <laughs> half. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I knew that last night. I, I did know that was, last it night.
3: With, it was 10-3 with two fumbles. I told you I was going to watch the first half. I've been busy this morning. And I haven't yeah. gotten to watch okay. the first half. I actually want to watch the entire game again because the overarching theme is it's a, it's a wonderful game. I mean, incredibly well-coached, he, okay, everyone. we're clear that there are going to be some mistakes made in any football game. There's going to be some coaching mistakes. But as far as the chess match, the scheme, the strategy, uh, field positions, like, it was just so well coached. It was really well played. It was hard hitting, uh, big plays in critical situations. I told you last night, it's so great to watch a game where the officials let the guys just go play.
1: They did for the uh, most part, like, right? Uh, The
3: the, the calls that were made, like the holding call on the Chiefs, to get on Jennings is a defined and clear holding call. The holding call late on the 49ers where they call number nine, the tight end on the hold, is like you have to call. The calls they made are calls you have to make. Uh, I thought they let a ton of stuff go. I mean, I saw five or six times where you could see holds. Um, But they let them play. Which means you let me watch the game and enjoy the game without 50 fucking breaks. Sorry. I'm actually going to stop saying the F word on your podcast because kids listen. Um, with <laughs> a bunch of breaks okay. and I'm like, Oh my God. Now it's first and 20. Here we go. And we got to walk it back and you miss big plays. Man, it was just, it was just really a pleasure to sit and watch three quarters of football because like, you've got to watch 15 minutes of overtime.
1: Um, yeah you were overtime, really you were really pumped up when you called me after the game. you were p- fired up. I mean who wasn't at the end of that game of course it, but go ahead
3: um I mean we can do it together too and we can we can start to get throughout the game together but that that's my overarching theme to the game. Um, the overtime stuff's wild to me. I, I don't quite understand how. We don't understand the rules to the overtime. It the, the, it's explained fairly well with Romo and Nance, uh, but, but then the official comes out on the field and and he explains the overtime rules before the coin toss, like a defined explanation by the official in between the two captains. As you you have the coin toss, uh, like it was pretty clear in my opinion how that went. Um, I thought it was fascinating. that Ro- and you you agreed to some extent with Roma, like just so we're clear, like they they don't have to run a play here. The game doesn't end, Like, right. Yeah, no, duh, it doesn't end. It's the Super Bowl. It's not going to
1: end in a tie. Well, no, it wasn't it? Like they're not going. Uh, well, it wasn't a tie? They I mean, were, San Francisco was up three. I know, yeah,
3: uh, they were up three, but like they're not going to kick a field goal and, and go into a tie here at the end of the game. Like this this one play on first down or whatever. The mccoll Hardman what was it second down.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't rule. end. Second,
3: yeah. It doesn't end the game. So I, 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 for some reason I, I grasped all of that. Um, I grasped the two possessions, just much like college football. Uh, also, so did the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's like you listen to Mahomes in his press conference, like we went through this over and over to the point where I didn't even want to hear about some of the stuff anymore. I. Can't imagine that Kyle Shanahan didn't at some point explain the playoff overtime. Maybe it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago.
1: A lot of players said they did not but know the new rules. A lot of
3: players, a lot of players said they didn't know the new rules. And I, I mean, I will tell you this: like you don't send your guy out to the coin toss to just make whatever decision he wants to make <laughs> that, in overtime. Right? Like that's, that's on the coach to make that decision to take the ball. Um, there's a lot of stuff with that, and the defense tired. We we'll talk about that, but I think it's a huge mistake. Um, God, Mahomes is amazing. It I, I got tired through the playoffs listening to things like this is a legacy game for Josh Allen. This is a legacy game for Lamar Jackson. Uh, this was a legacy game for Mahomes. He, he's he's the Michael Jordan. But he is like, and to some extent, maybe maybe it was, maybe he had to have that game-winning drive. But shoot, there was never a doubt for me about Patrick Mahomes. There hasn't been a doubt for the last two years about who the dude is. Who the last three years, probably, who the dude is. But he is the dude. Uh, yeah. That guy is just so adept at winning a football game and understanding every aspect of a football game. He throws the one pick, but other than that, every situation, the way he protects the ball, the way he handles himself, the the way he knows, like, I can go run here. It's Super Bowl. I'll go run, take a hit. I want six extra yards. They don't care. Like, what a great competitor. Um, Kelsey, what a great competitor. I, I, I know it's not overlooked at this point, but geez, what a, I mean, well-called defensive team the Chiefs are with Spagnolo. Yeah, no doubt. And then, I, I know I told you this last night, but this is my other side of this game, which to me makes it so much fun, is that uh, I sat with my daughter who watched it for about an hour. She ended up falling asleep. She's nine, and she doesn't care. But I think I said to her six or seven different times, man, see that that... That guy right there, 15, he's the best at, in the game at his position. Yeah. And well, see, that guy, 87, because she's like, oh, that's Taylor Swift. I'm like, well, here's her boyfriend. And actually, he's the best at his position in football. And then you're like, well, Trent Williams is the best at his position. Joey Bosa is probably the best at his position. Christian McCaffrey. Like, God, Kev, like you want to win a Super Bowl, have Five or six guys on your team that are the best in the league. I, both of those teams had it. It was just a great battle. It was smart throughout. Um, I'm going to let you go through a ton of the situations and we'll go back and forth, I'm, I'm sure, on that. But for me, I, I was excited. It excited me. It made me love football. It was one of the better Super Bowls I, I can remember. I loved it.
1: So. In preparation for what you just said, I just went through the All-Pro first and second team list. In that game last night, first-team All-Pros, McCaffrey, Juszczyk, Kittle, Trent Williams, Joe Thune, uh, Warner, McDuffie, Chris Jones. All right, so in that game last night, eight of the starters are first-team All-Pros. Ayuk and Ward were second-team All-Pros. All right, so that's ten players. But the list of players that we would all say are one of the either the best or in the top two or three at their position. Of course, Mahomes is the best. But Kelsey, Debo, um, Armstead, Bosa, Snead. How about Butker? I mean, he's he's one of the best. Their, their punter, Townsend's one of the best. There were, to your point last night, and I, I I didn't talk about this leading up to the game is remember when we used to do the exercise about, you know, A players and, you know, or the, you know, the colored chip players that you, chip. you went through, Um the blue chips, the, and Washington really only had one during those years, which was Trent Williams. Okay. I mean, there were so many on the field. And then you've got two of the best coaches in the league and certainly one of the best big game defensive coordinators uh in the league. But Real quickly, before I get to kind of my overarching theme, which kind of mirrors yours with with maybe one exception, the overtime rules, I did know what the overtime rules were, because I've talked about it in the past in the postseason that, you know, it's not over with a touchdown on the first drive. You know, both teams are going to be allowed a possession. I've even talked, you know, in the distant past when this rule came about, which was after the Buffalo Chiefs playoff game at Arrowhead, the 42 to six, 36 thriller, where Buffalo never touched the ball after they threw the touchdown pass in regulation with 13 seconds, that was when they came out with the rule. No longer does a touchdown mean it's over; the other team's going to get a chance to touch the football. And I remember, you know, uh, at least a couple times talking about it'll change how you decide. What to do um, at the beginning right. of overtime on a coin flip, but anyway, we'll save that for some of the situational stuff. Um, I did think that people were had to be confused at the end of the first overtime, thinking why isn't Andy Reid calling timeouts? Why what's he doing? The clock's running out. No, it was just the end of the first overtime, which mirrors in the postseason the end of the first quarter. They just would have switch ends, switched ends of the field. Um, So, the game was just amazing. The final 60 to 90 minutes of a very long night um, were so compelling, so dramatic, so kind of on the edge of your seat. Now, The first hour and a half to two hours that you missed were kind of meh, but it was an interesting meh. Like, first of all, this is going to go down as one of the all-time memorable Super Bowls. It was close. It went to overtime. There were great individual performances. There were great plays. There were tons of mistakes, but even the mistakes, many of which came in the first half, were like these kind of stunning, exciting mistakes, like... You don't expect Christian McCaffrey to fumble. They're on a drive, they're going down the field and he fumbles, and then in the red zone Pacheco fumbles. Um in the second half, you know, even a botched punt return is kind of an exciting it's an exciting mistake. You had a coaching blunder in my opinion to start overtime with Kyle taking the ball first. The game was such a physical, long one of those wars of attrition games with injuries important injuries and weird injuries Drake Greenlaw tears his Achilles just running onto the field from the sideline but there were important injuries i mean no kittle in overtime you mentioned the holding on that final drive before the field goal that gave him the 22 to 19 lead in overtime that was kittle's replacement there were dramatic fourth down conversions there were dramatic third down conversions There were missed calls. There were bad calls, although I agree with you, and we talked about this last night. I thought they really let them play for the most part, which is my preference, which is one of the reasons games can get physical, overly physical, and even chippy at times, which to me adds to the drama. There were trick plays. There was you know, a double-digit lead that was overcome. It wasn't the prettiest or the cleanest to start, but the weight for the final 60 to 90 minutes was so worth it. And it's mostly because of Mahomes who just I mean, I'm I love to go back to my guys like Elway and Marino and then even talk about, you know, in this generation, you know, Brady, Manning, Rodgers. I I really I don't have a hard time saying that to me it is totally fair if just with the eye test alone that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest we've ever seen. I mean, this is third Super Bowl in four tries. He's gone to six straight AFC championship games. It's a third Super Bowl victory in which his team was down by 10 points. And in all of those they won games with him playing his best football during the biggest moments of the games. I mean, they're down 19 to 16 over the final minute 53 of regulation and the seven minute plus drive in overtime. He was 14 of 17. He was three for three on third down throws. He was a one for one on a fourth down run. Uh, third and one, he had a run in overtime. And overall, over those final two drives, down three and down three, five times they were on the verge of being in big trouble, and they were five for five. Four for four on thirds, one for one on fourth down, with the Super Bowl on the line. At one point. You
3: never thought once. No. I don't don't think they can get this done. Every single time, you're like, how does San Francisco possibly come up with a stop here
1: they can't I wrote down as a call segment at some point for the radio show this week exactly that like what other quarterbacks can I think of in the history of watching the NFL as long as I've been watching where I I'm as confident when the Chiefs have the ball with Mahomes and they need something that they're going to get it There's some guys Elway used to be that guy for me Elway came through all the the time in spots like that Brady and Manning have done it you know over and over again but anyway the dude at one point looked like he was going to have one of the worst nights of his career and he finished 34 46 for 333 yards two touchdowns a pick he was his team's leading rusher with 66 yards on nine carries it's not too early it's not too much of an exaggeration at 28 years old, to say we are watching the greatest quarterback that's ever, ever lived. And I get it. Brady's the greatest winner of all time. But at this point, what seemed totally unreachable at 28 is reachable. He could get to seven Super Bowls. He's already got three in six seasons as a starter, along with three Super Bowl MVPs. All right, that's the, here's the list of three Super Bowl MVPs, all right, at least three. Brady, Montana, Mahomes. Uh, he is 15-3 and three in the postseason. And by the way, this was the postseason where they weren't supposed to do it. They, ha- they didn't have a number one wide receiver. They were riding a defense. The Christmas Day game against the Raiders in which Aiden O'Connell threw for like 58 yards and beat the Chiefs. It certainly seemed in that moment that the Chiefs had no chance to win the Super Bowl. But instead, they go on the road after beating Miami and win at Buffalo. They win at Baltimore, which I did not think could happen. And I said that would be an absolute you know, moment for Mahomes if he can go into m and Bank and win. And, he, look, he played great in the first quarter of that game. They scored twice or first quarter and a half. They didn't do much after that, but he didn't make any mistakes. He never makes any mistakes. He made one or two last night but overcame it. And then they they come back last night um, and beat San Francisco. Um, barring injury, uh, this guy, we're watching – we are. We're watching Jordan maybe approaching the halfway mark of his career. Maybe. Maybe. Um, But with respect to the game, I think for me, I would describe it as this. An amazing final hour, an hour and a half of of pure football drama like you read about. It was incredible. The game itself, though, the 49ers are going to be kicking themselves. I felt like they dominated the first half. They dominated the line of scrimmage. They had Mahomes completely baffled and rattled. um, And they just... They de- couldn't do it. They couldn't finish. They had a fumble by McCaffrey. They had the two penalties back to back by Trent Williams that cost them a drive. And then Kyle Shanahan had a bad night with clock management and with game decisions. He didn't call timeout on defense um, at the end of the first half. They should have had the ball back with 50 some seconds left. Instead, they got it back with 20 seconds something left. And they didn't have a final drive of the first half when they should have and i they were up 10 to 3 and it felt like watching the game they should have been up 17 to 3 16 to 3 it should have been a double digit plus lead and i think that you know they made mistakes in the second half too with the botched fumble and you know a few third downs that could have ended the game and the decision to to take the ball in overtime but it's the first half where somehow Kansas City got to the break and they had been completely outplayed and they were only down 10 to 3 and then it started in the second half their defense was awesome but it was um it's just a it was just such a memorable game and I I I think that there are older fans that don't want to admit this about Mahomes although I don't know if that's really even true it's just a sense that I have but forget forget the winning numbers and the accomplishments which already he's you know at 28 years old he's you know in in the you know in the lead you know compared to most who's ever played just watching him the strongest arm the most accurate arm the best creator the best competitor the best clutch performer i mean he just he's just he, i mean Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, there's some really good quarterbacks in this game. They're not they're not Mahomes. He's in a category by himself. So anyway. Um
3: which is why it's just unbelievably crazy to me. To our defense is tired. We've got to have a blow, which essentially is giving him four downs. Every single time they move the chains, yes. Yeah, so let, every let's... single time they move the chains, you're going to give him four. You're going to give Patrick Mahomes four downs. <laughs> oh my God! So... You lost control of the game at that point. I mean, I'm, you're. I'm, it's not like you 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 just gave it up, but like you lose total control of the game. Like you you're giving the Chiefs control of the game. They get all the decisions. On the second, all the decisions on the second drive are easy decisions. Third down and eight, man. If we can get five, four, four or five, we still got
1: a chance on fourth down. So let's we, start. We can we, do whatever let, we want to do here, let, let's start there. Well, we might as well because you know it's what we love to debate. In addition to all the other stuff, but the reason I want to start there is that, um, look, they, they. I think. I think the biggest play for the 49ers in the game was the third and five at the 35 of KC at the two-minute warning. And they clearly did not, as they didn't on multiple occasions, whether it was Purdy or whatever, they just didn't see the pressure coming. And the blitz coming, right. and they threw incomplete and a first down there, which you know, if it had been on the on the other side, Mahomes would have gotten the first down, would have ended the essentially put him in in a really good position to potentially end the game on a walk off field goal in regulation. But the decision to defer. So for those of you that that either don't really understand what happened or know what happened but aren't exactly sure why or what the stuff is around it. So the overtime rule is really simple now. In the postseason, each team gets a shot at the ball. So if you go down and you score a touchdown, the other team's going to line up for a kickoff return and they're going to get a chance with the ball. And then if they don't score, it's over. So the strategy is different than it is in the regular season in a ten minute overtime where touchdown wins it on the first possession et cetera um You can consider deferring and kicking off and starting on defense first in college. The overtime rule is is sim it's not it's different the way they play it out and, and and, and But they always defer. And the reason you defer and you let the other team take the ball first are for two primary reasons in, in terms of like strategy. There's context around everything, obviously. The strategy is, A, when you get the ball back for your turn, you're going to know exactly what you need. You're going to be in a tie game still, you're going to be down three, you're going to be down seven, um, but you're going to know what you need. And then as Cooley said, the most important part of that is, you now have fourth down. You have four downs. um, Not because you're deciding it, because it's out of necessity. You can't You can't punt on fourth down if you're down by three in overtime because the game ends. So you're going to go for every fourth down. So that's the strategic advantage of kicking off and getting the ball second. Now, the analytics of this, Cooley, they surprised me, and I think they're going to surprise you a little bit. Um, because I had a caller today, and he his name is Colin. I remember, and Colin said, "Check out some of the analytic discussion around it. It's much more of a coin flip." Here's so the guy from there are several people that do this, um, but the guy from ESPN, uh, Brian Burke, late has it in a big thread. Anyway, the bottom line is this: the reason it's a closer call analytically is that. The, uh, the 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 team that starts with the ball ends up with more possessions in an odd possession overtime, meaning if you kick a field goal, Kansas City comes down and kicks a field goal, you get a ball for the third possession, and they may never get the ball again. I would never play it that way. It's kind of a coin flip. It's a slight advantage to actually... uh, taking the ball like 50.19 percent because of that unless the other team goes for two on their touchdown a long story short analytically it's a coin flip there's always context around that last night there's no way no way if I'm Kyle Shanahan I am going to think about a third possession in an overtime game which by the way um, you know, there were struggles to score, but then the last few drives, everybody's moving the football and teams are tiring. I am not giving Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs four downs, period. And as it turned out, right, Kansas City got the ball back. They knew what they needed, a field goal to tie to force the overtime to continue, a touchdown to win, and they had four downs, they didn't have to consider punt on fourth down, and they had a fourth and one that they went for that they got. Now, they may have gone for that fourth and one anyway, but if it had been a fourth and four or whatever, they would have gone for it uh, instead of punting, and they ultimately knew that they needed a touchdown to win the game, a field goal to tie. And, and I think a lot of the conversation about the 49er, 49er players not understanding the overtime rules, I actually first questioned whether or not Kyle knew the rule. I thought I, I've seen Kyle do a bad job with the clock at times. He did a bad job at the end of the first half. I mean, you can't, you can't let 30 seconds run off the clock when you, they're down getting ready to score and you got three timeouts left. He took two timeouts with him to the halftime and ran out the clock on the final play of the first half with 20 seconds to go. But anyway, that's where it was. I think he should have deferred and taken the ball second.
3: Well, I promise you he'll do it next time. So <laughs> the question of did he understand the rule, I think it's still an open debate. What's wild on the analytics is it, if you go down and score, it's, it, it, it's really, really interesting. And then the Chiefs have that decision of if they go go for two. If two I mean, if you go down and score a touchdown. Yeah. But you're almost – it's wild. It, you, first, Okay. The defense-tired thing in the Super Bowl, it doesn't work for me.
1: Well, nobody used that as an excuse.
3: I know, but the, it, it's been talked about. Romo talked about it. It's been talked about as a reason why you would take the ball. Our defense is exhausted. we got to get them a break, so they go out and get a stop. It's the Super Bowl. Like, suck it up, and let's find a way to get a stop. Let's try to get them off in three downs and – Whatever we do, the yeah. other the other uh, when you go to the other side of that, you have to understand. Like, if the defense is exhausted, and the offense has been running a ton of plays. You, you have to understand the offense is tired
1: too. <laughs> You've always said that before, yeah, right. <laughs>
3: like, I'm telling you that as an <laughs> offensive player. Like, if I if I had just ran 13 plays in a drive to go down and put it into overtime, and then we get the ball first. I'm tired as well. Like, it's not like it's easy. To, it's not easier
1: to play. You're offense. hoping the defense doesn't get stops, so you can get a real long <laughs> breather.
3: <laughs> yeah, seriously, they yeah. have the no long commercial timeouts. They have the defense being tired is is really to me not an excuse.
1: It's I mean, a, it's the, can I tell you, everyone on it, the field looked, is, it looked everyone tired. On the field Everybody a, looked tired, actually, at the end of that game. Everybody then
3: did. They need to run some goddamn wind sprint.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad that I – because I did not assume that the analytics of that decision would be that close – um but I do understand the idea of a third possession and the, the advantage of one team potentially could end up with two possessions, the other team just one. I understand that, I do. Um, but I still would, I, I still think that the strategic advantage of knowing of knowing what you need to do and having the fourth down um, when you get the ball for the first time over, uh, overtakes the other. And last night in particular, when you're considering it's Mahomes, um and that you know fourth down uh, opportunity
3: uh, yeah whatever it is it's still the analytics are completely flipped when Patrick Mahomes when Mahomes gets an
1: extra down <laughs> he's I <laughs> like,
3: mean weigh those analytics, like put those into analytics. yeah like there's context to everything
1: yes for sure
3: yeah if Joe Flacco's on the other side we're all right.
1: Flacco would definitely deliver in fourth down, Um, but yeah, no, I, you
3: know, so so it's 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 just a wrong decision. Yeah, and I, I I will guarantee you whether or not he knew the rules, and I'm sure he knew the rules. Did he really dive deep into what the right decision is? I'm not sure, but I'm I'll bet you almost anything. The next time that comes up for Kyle, and it's going to because they'll be in the playoffs again, and there's potential they'll go go to overtime. They'll go defense first.
1: Let me ask. They'll never take the ball first. Let me ask you what this: if, as... What if
3: they're just protecting? What was it? Fred Warner out there, by the way, who played awesome.
1: Oh, so What good. if they're
3: just protecting Fred Warner, and Warner just botched it, and Shanahan's on the sideline like, no. Can you imagine?
1: In that first overtime drive for the 49ers, fourth and four at the Kansas City 9, and they took the field goal. The analytics were pretty close on this. Would you have gone for it? It's a long drive. They've eaten seven and a half minutes. They're on their 13th play.
3: So there's, There's even more context to this. Because if you go for it and don't get it, kansas city's on the nine
1: yeah exactly but
3: kansas city is then going to punt on fourth down
1: yeah but they also only need a field goal to beat you if you miss
3: i understand that they only need a field goal to beat you but you have to make but they're all that's why i think the analytics are are really really close if you can get them off the field in three downs they will punt on fourth down
1: yes sure
3: so your percentage of getting a first down is 25 percent lower have whatever percent lower you want to factor it, you have a, a one less down. Um, I thought about it in the moment. I would have kicked it. I I, I would have kicked it if I had taken the ball first, the way they did. I, yeah, I would have kicked. I would. In, in, in as much like you've held them to field goals. I mean, they 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 scored what twice, but you have held them to field goals on drives. They were... and if you held them. Once, if you helped Kansas City once they got into the red zone, that's where it's even more interesting. Is if you helped Kansas City once they got into the red zone, would Kansas City have kicked, or would they have went for a fourth and four?
1: You mean if they had had the ball first?
3: No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. It, like,
1: if. <laughs> well, let me tell you. I, I, I know you did. Wait, I, I could tell you. Did. Right, let right, me just, straight, look,
3: but no, you're thinking. Okay, so you're thinking about the fourth and four. You stopped them all day. So if you hold them down in the red zone to a fourth down, you're assuming they would kick, but that, would they kick? They're down three. Would they kick on fourth fourth down? Oh, oh, if, yeah, yeah, coming back, back, back the other way, know, which would give them their well, uh, their odd possession.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if it's if, by the way that first the McColl uh, Hardman touchdown was first and goal because Kelsey had had that little inside middle screen that he that he uh, tapped down to the three yard so- line. God, you don't know how many
3: times I begged
1: every single offensive coordinator for a tight end middle screen. <laughs> did you get him?
3: Never, never once in the, my entire NFL career did I run a middle screen.
1: Did you get a shovel pass?
3: God, nope. Um, but the middle screen's dirty. I, I always wanted that. We ran it in college a lot. So Anyways, um,
1: l- let me t- let me tell you why I think in that position. And I was thinking in the moment, kick the field goal. And this is, trust me, because I I thought Brock Purdy played well in this game. And I think Brock Purdy's proved a lot in the latter portions of the Green Bay playoff game, the Detroit playoff game. And I thought that he looked totally comfortable for much of the night last night. But I think there's still something missing. And I think it's partly because, and Romo talked about this a couple of times last night, um, I think he's just not advanced enough yet as a second-year player. There was the third and five at the end of regulation when they could have walked off Kansas city or had a chance to walk them off where he was confused by the pressure. And that was not the first time he was two for six versus the blitz last night on third down. Um, I saw that actually after, uh, during the show, somebody sent that to me because I felt like he had been confused a lot on third down in the game last night. And I, the third and five at the end of regulation was a crushing play. I mean, he's been really strong against the Blitz most of the year, but I think it was, a, it was an outmatched situation in the second half between Spagnuolo and, and the offense for, Kansas, for San Francisco and probably for Purdy specifically. So they didn't get that third and five at the end of regulation. Um, there were other third downs they had missed on. And fourth and four, uh-uh, tight, condensed field. No way. I'm kicking the field goal. No, And your defense has played well. It is is Mahomes and you know he's going down the field to get at least three. Um, But still, I'm kicking the field goal there um, rather than going for it. But I know that I think there was a slight analytic edge to going for it. But I think the context was I didn't think Purdy on third down was seeing it. Look, they were three for 12 on third down in the game. Uh, That was a big part of the game is that they could not you know they had some penalties that created some third and longs early in the game, but um, the the play again not to beat it to death, but you get a first down on that third and five at the, at the two minute warning, it's pretty much game over, and you're in 19 to. I mean, th- they did block an extra point that was rather big, so it could have been blocked, but you're you're going to more likely than not win the Super Bowl. So I would not have done that if I if it had been Kansas City on the opening drive fourth and four. Yeah, I'm going for it. Sure, why not? Although on the flip side, I'm thinking Butker's not going to miss, and we've confused Purdy a couple of times on third down. He had three balls batted. You know, he's had a lot of balls batted all year long. It's been one of the things. But let me just say, as long as we're on Purdy, because we've already you know waxed poetic on Mahomes, I thought Purdy was solid. I I, I, and I think that he's proven a lot to me in the postseason. And I think, he's, I think people have gotten carried away with this, oh, he's a seventh-round pick, he can't play, he's not that good, he's a product of the system, Kyle system. Or, oh, my God, what are you not watching? He's great. I mean, he's Joe Montana. I think the answer is definitely in the middle. I think he's a solid NFL starting quarterback and probably a top half of the quarter, uh, league quarterback because he's proven to me that he's better off schedule than I thought he ever was. And I think he's also a significant beneficiary of playing in Kyle's system. I think both things are true. He's,
3: he's. I continue to think of the Mike Shanahan comment that we can win a we can win a Super Bowl, with Kirk Cousins. Right. I don't know if we'll win a ton of them, but we can build a team around a guy like Kirk Cousins now at the cost that Kirk was. You can't like, you're yeah. Right the top six in salary, then you can't build that team around Purdy. But as as far as the way Kyle organizes offense and the way they put together pieces around Purdy, you can win a Super Bowl with Brock Brock Purdy. No doubt. Can you win three? Like, I don't know. The other thing with Purdy is can you displace him and put him into another offense and does he have the same success? You could t- displace Mahomes to anywhere and he's going to go win a Super Bowl.
1: Like, yeah. He's just uh,
3: different. Yeah. But Purdy, I don't know. Like, he is a product of the system. Uh, the system's terrific. The entire organization built around him is, is a successful build. Yeah, but that's, that's football.
1: All right, I want to talk about just a couple of some things that we liked, some things that we didn't like from the game, and then I've got a couple of other situations that I thought were really interesting. I think one in particular that nobody has really talked about. We'll get to those right after these words
0: from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
2: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Juwan Jennings to Christian McCaffrey for the first touchdown of the game, which gave San Francisco a 10 to nothing lead. This segment of the show is brought to you by MyBookie. Go to mybookie.ag, use my promo code Kevin DC, and they'll give you a cash bonus on your initial deposit. Yeah, football season's over. Uh, but basketball season now into full swing. College, NBA, they've got an online uh, casino that's first rate. You can use my bookie for everything. Just go to mybookie.ag, use my promo code Kevin DC. Real quickly, the game, Cooley, my smell test pick on Friday was under 47 and a half. <laughs> Bring it back. Uh, you knew it, yeah, but I also and many of you uh you know let me know how how um clairvoyant I guess I was. I predicted the chiefs would win in overtime uh i what's funny is I predicted the chiefs would win in overtime twenty four to seventeen, and I laid out the scenario in which they had the ball first scored a touchdown, and then San Francisco because I reminded everybody of the postseason rules got the ball back but got stopped in four downs and the game was over and it ended sort of anticlimactically with a fourth down stop you know versus like last night it ended in a touchdown so I didn't have the score right or the ending right but I had the Chiefs in overtime under the total I did emphasize the first half under and I almost gave that out I played that personally but let me just say the 47 and a half I know a lot of you got it at 47 and pushed, and some of you probably got it at 46 and a half um, because it went down, as did the point spread, went down to about a point and a half before kickoff. I, you know, I take the Friday numbers. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. But that was a winner. I thought I was completely, you know, whatted, um, completely effed at the beginning of overtime because all I could see was as the 49ers were moving the ball down the field, 26-19, then the Chiefs come down, 26-26, maybe they go for two, who knows, Um, but I saw that thing going over. But once they held them to a field goal, I thought this thing's going to end 25-22. Either the Chiefs are going to win it here or they'll kick a field goal or and then the next possession will be just for a field goal to win. So it came in under. Did you bet the game? No. Okay. Surprising. I would have taken the Chiefs, and
3: I would have taken the under.
1: Okay. Well, easy to say now.
3: But, I mean, it, like, it's, <laughs> think about if, if San Francisco defers the toss, and you win 25-16. I mean, that's basically calling the
1: score. What do you mean 25-16? The game went into overtime at 1919.
3: I know, if San Francisco defers. right
1: so it's 1919 19 so I guess overtime. it would have made
3: it 20 it would have made it 26
1: yeah 26 19 exactly then and so yeah that, that's basically yeah that's then, basically your score I mean yeah maybe that's what should have happened that's what should have happened I put it this way there was no threat of the game going to going over the total until it went to overtime um, and then there was the threat of the game going over the total.
3: But I mean, you if you if you just had the under, you, like you're a dead winner
1: at halftime. Oh, oh yeah. god, There's only 13 points. Yeah, the first half total was 23 and a half. I I had that, and that was that was easy. I was still, I I was still like, you know, these th- Mahomes could heat up. You know, McCaffrey. You never know, but the way the game was being played certainly seemed like an under all day. By the way, my conversation so Cooley, One of the things. I thought about playing. I did not play. It was to play some of the alternate lines to, with the thought that the that Vegas isn't going to get blown out and lose on teasers. They lost on every teaser yesterday because because forty seven was the total. It went off at forty six and a half to forty seven and a half. The point spread was San Francisco minus one and a half, and it ended up a three point game. Which you know you get six and a half, six whatever it is on your two team teasers. But anyway, all right. Um, I wanted to start with Jawan Jennings and what I liked from the 49ers standpoint. During this game, you know, I'm sure people maybe think about it the same way. You're thinking in a low-scoring game like that, like, who's the MVP of this game? Like, if the 49ers win it's Chiefs, because nobody has – Jawan really... Jennings. Jawan Jennings was, would have been the MVP had San Francisco won the game. He threw a touchdown pass. He had four big-time catches four and another touchdown offensively. He was the star of the 49er game offensively, not to mention he's such a good blocker. All of their receivers are excellent blockers. Um so for for the 49ers to me, um Jennings stood out. Look, McCaffrey had 30 touches for 160 yards. It's hard to say that he wasn't outstanding in the game, but he had that fumble. Um, and in the second half they shut him down. I mean 13 carries 47 yards. there people were complaining about Kyle not um, running the ball enough. I thought they were gonna I thought they were struggling at that point to run it a little bit. Um, Purdy was solid uh, but defensively, I mean where do you want to start? Fred Warner awesome. Eric Armstead awesome. Joey Bosa, awesome. Chase Young had a sack and had a forced intentional grounding. I mean, it's the most impactful Chase Young's been in a game in a long, long time. Randy Gregory, I mean, you got Chase Young and Randy Gregory added to that roster, you know, this year during the season. He had a near sack and had a big-time tackle. Ward, their corner, is outstanding. They're just really, they just have so many good players, On that team, it's amazing how many good players they have on the team. Um, For the Chiefs, on on the list of things that I loved, Mahomes we've already talked about. Chris Jones was a monster, an absolute disruptor the entire game. Both corners, McDuffie and Sneed, are outstanding. McDuffie should have had a pick on that third and ten on that throw to Debo. His blitz pressure on that third and five was what made uh, Purdy hurry, and, and he deflected the ball force, the field goal, uh, with a minute 53 to go. Um, defensively, Spagnuolo was brilliant throughout in the second half. Karloftis is a star in the making uh, if, if you don't think he's there already, Kelsey was brilliant. Nine catches, 93 yards. McColl Hardman had the only offensive play of the first half, then had the game winner. And, you know, like McCaffrey and all the players on San Francisco that are so hard to get to the ground, I love how hard Pacheco plays and runs. Um, I don't think I missed anything from the things that I liked list. Um, what about you for both teams? All right, the
3: Chiefs side. <laughs> I love the Kelsey and Andy Reid interaction. I-, I love it.
1: Okay, yep. Tell everybody. I think it's. Why. I,
3: think it's, I, think it's I, I, I think it's. I think it's benign in terms of what they are, but I love it in the aspect of that's what sports are. That's what football is. Th- that's a locker room mentality. Can you imagine walking into an office room or somewhere where you're, or a school or somewhere hospital where you're working and you want something done until you slam shoulders and you start yelling right in the face? Like, that's an immediate (laughs) HR visit (laughs) and a fire.
1: I know. I know.
3: You know what I mean? And on a football field, that's a normal situation where those two guys do get along. And Travis Kelsey had just come off because Noah Gray, Misses a block, which is why Pacheco really fumbles. I mean, he fumbled, but Noah Gray misses a block. Kelsey's after Reed. He's got one catch at the point, and he bumps him and catches him off balance. But it, it, that is a ten seconds later. Yo, let's but let's hug it out. We're all right here. Like we get it. Like, but there's emotions, and there's adrenaline, and there's it's du- it's two dudes that just w- let's just hug it out. Uh, it's it's to me so <laughs> normal. And I love that that that's that happens and it gets made into more than what it is, but why I love it is Travis Kelsey is a massive impact on this game and he ends up becoming one. And at the point maybe Andy needed to know. And for some reason that's just a normal way to do it in a football environment. It's different if you don't if there's a if there's actual conflict with your head coach or there's something weird going on. But there's not between those two. And I just—I I thought it was great. And Kelsey ends up having 93 yards, and it becomes a huge impact in the game. And he just wants on the field. I love that a, a star like that wants to be heard and wants wants it to be understood. I got to be a part of this game, Coach. Give me the ball, I'll go score. Give me the ball, get a first down. Give me the ball, get it done. Put me in a block, we won't miss a block. And Travis Kelsey's such a stud. And so is Andy Reid. Um, Spagnolo, I love the way he drew up and created pressure, and he escalated it throughout the game. Like, he didn't bring a ton of pressure on Purdy early. He just slowly implemented it more and more. Like To some extent, I don't think he's even thinking, we'll try to get there to four-man rush or uh, you know, even maybe a five-man pr- pressure early. It was more like, in my opinion, I'm gonna let him feel like he's starting to get a flow of the game, and then I'm gonna slowly start building and come after him to where he has no idea what we're doing. Yeah. And I thought that was a brilliantly called defensive game. It was the long con. <laughs> he, he just let it ride. Yeah, uh, Andy Reid, p- phenomenal. You know, I, I told you this last night, and I, I, I again, I've watched a lot of the. I've watched all the highlights, and I've watched a bunch of stuff, and I haven't watched the entirety of the first game. But the Chiefs, to me, are a team that came out and tried to go some two-tied stuff and tried to be a, a, a little bit physical early and run the ball probably more than they should have. And, and in my opinion, watching the Chiefs over the last five years, it, it, the, the run game for them is a compliment game. It's, it's I wouldn't call it, like, nuisance runs, but they're compliment runs. And they're keep teams honest runs. And they're, hey, we'll get to screens, we'll get to some of the stuff, and we're, we're going to give you run. Um, and we've and we, and, in those compliment runs, that back is, is, is physical, so it comes across as physical. But they're not a counter between the tackle's team early and pound it down your throat, especially against San Francisco. And I don't think that that was the long con. I think what I loved is Andy Reid said, yeah, Detroit had great success against this against this defense, and we thought that there some things we could do and we can't. So we're going to come back and spread it out. We're going to put Kelsey on one side with Pachenko, We're going to go three on the other side, and we're going to get back to what we do." and I thought Andy Reid did a brilliant job in doing that. So I was I was super impressed. Uh I love the physicality of the game. You know, it's just an unbelievably physical game. Uh on the 49ers side I, I really thought what Kyle was doing early in terms of running the ball and being physical is what they <laughs> should have stuck to. And you they, didn't they watch it early. The, I've watched the like you could. I watched a 29 minute YouTube video of okay. it. Okay. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you because it was funny that I didn't watch the first half of the Super Bowl, <laughs> okay. but I've, right. I've ended up seeing a lot of it. And I, but it, it, what's wild is you, you, you know, as you're watching in the third quarter, it's like, well, they went three and out and they've thrown six passes. Well, the the boot, some of the bootleg stuff to them is is almost run. They, they'll kind, I know that because I was with Kyle, but they'll treat it as almost run, and it, it just the Chiefs had a great plan for boot, and
1: they really did, didn't they? I, I mean,
3: uh, yeah, they br- they're bringing him off the edge, and they're putting a ton of pressure on the quarterback immediately, so he can't get the down the field Jones. Shot. Jones have
1: to never fell. F- I mean, he's not even the key to it. It's the the ends that are key, that, that are key to it, and he wasn't fooled, and he ended up being disruptive to the boot plays.
3: No, he yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing, but the other the other part of that is is at least one of them I'm thinking of. Jennings is coming across, and if you're bringing double pressure off that side or bringing Jones looping outside, if the DM Jones or whoever just loops out and you bring another pressure, that makes Juwan Jennings a hot throw. Right. Like He's got to turn and get his head around really quick. Well, the Chiefs bang through him. They run through him. And so it makes it almost impossible for him to become a hot throw. Like All of a sudden you're like, well, I can't even get it to him, and now Jones is in the quarterback's face. But, I mean, Kyle's not truly trying to – he's not truly abandoning the run. It's a true compliment to the run and it just did. I don't know if he, if he really understood, man, the Chiefs have an excellent plan for this. Um, but I, I love the physicality of the 49ers defense. Fred Warner was great. I, I mean, Kelsey made some plays, but covering Kelsey throughout the game, he was absolutely off awesome. Uh, they made Mahome's work throughout the game. It was a game they absolutely could have won. It's a game that, that you go into the start of overtime, and it can go both ways still at this point. I think mean, it was crushing that they missed the field goal. I mean, in terms of just like, extra, not miss the field point. goal, but have the field the, goal, the, the extra point. Yeah. I, I, one day I will stop calling them field goals. Um, the, the extra point block is, is is completely a kicker mistake. Yeah, You can't kick that extra point. Like That's a that's a ball you got to put up in the air. And that changes the game dynamically. Uh, one of the things we haven't talked about this j- just yet that I disliked, and first of all, Tony Romo, it just drives I me mean, nuts. You think he called a good game? You know, no, I, than I, said, let, me,
1: let me be clear on this. Cause, some of the things he just, I disliked. That. Uh, let me be clear. I think for him, he was the most prepared I've heard him in a long time. You should be for the Super Bowl. And I thought he got some things right. Um, and they were proven out to be right, and I thought it was not his worst day by a long shot, but I also missed the beginning of overtime, him saying that if Purdy hadn't been pressured by Chris Jones and had thrown a, t- thrown a touchdown to Juwan Jennings, the game would have been over. Um, I didn't realize that, so there you go. I
3: mean, there, there's multiple situations with the Romo thing. Um, you, you have nine seconds left in regulation. He's like, There's a chance you can get two plays here, and then they put another second. Man, that's
1: Huge.
3: Well, I thought it was sort of. Uh, if you could run a play in three seconds.
1: Well, they they ran one in four, and I there were six seconds that, left.
3: I am not, but I am not running a play with six seconds because if anything, what, what if there had been, play, what if there
1: had been interference in the end zone? And you had the ball at the one yard line. Because that was that was borderline DP defensive pass interference. I think that was Warner too. How did the, how
3: did the, how did the game
1: get called out? No, you're right. You, no, you, I, I would you have you been disappointed had a flag a good, been called. What,
3: what if what if the ball snapped at Mahomes' knees? He, and he, he
1: falls on it. They call timeout. They kick the field goal. Maybe. No, look, no, six seconds to just, go I'm from the ten yard line. I'm not
3: risking the game in a six-second. Not from the nine seven, yard line.
1: I I'm. Mean... I didn't say the nine yard line. I said, what if their, what if their ten-second play with ten seconds to go had been a play that they got down to say the three yard line and you know on a quick out that went out of bounds and now there's six seconds to go. I would definitely run another play with six seconds from the three yard line. Not from the nine. Not from the nine because. At, at that point, you're just um, what you said. I mean, it's plays that take up that much yardage can take six seconds. I'm not risking it.
3: The but, thing is, is, in rethinking that situation, because I actually think Andy thought there was a possibility we get two plays here. Yeah. You know, let's take a shot. But in, re- in rethinking the situation, I'm going to run a play to score. I'm not just going to throw a quick fade to Kelsey just to see if we can get another play like we might get that one but let's see if we can get another play. I'm going to run a play to score.
1: Well, didn't they do that? It was back shoulder, Kelsey end zone covered incomplete. Yeah, but I mean,
3: I'm I'm running like that's your 3 second play or your 4 second play like. I
1: see what you're saying. I'm, gonna run I'm running my see. 7 I'm second gonna run, play.
3: I'm going to run my best red zone play to score. Got it. And I'm I'm going to plan like yeah, if it's 6 7 seconds and Mahomes has to extend a little bit. I'm going to make sure that we know, like, if you're extending, if you, this can't be a 10-second play, but you can extend it. Let's see if we can go get one here. We'll kick after this. I'm just going to make it known we're kicking you, after this.
1: Let's, let's go see what we can do. You forgot the point that you made to me last night, which was an excellent point. So Romo was screaming for – well, that's where I wanted the, to go next. Okay. But yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'll, let me explain it. To you. So after Mahomes – had um had scrambled for like three yards on a first and ten at the San Francisco, thirty six. Romo's like he he scrambled to the sideline, out in the flat, uh, got three yards, and Romo's like you gotta go, you gotta you gotta spike it, you gotta spike it, and th- if they had spiked it, they would have saved some time, the time that it took to run an incomplete pass to set up third and seven. Cooley's point was there was a receiver all the way down in the end zone. They had to wait for the receiver to get all the way back to spike it anyway, so you might as well run the play.
3: Well, and really my point is call out. You you have I, – I understand they have one timeout in that situation, but you, you're, you have Bucker and you have an assumed three points. You're in field goal range with Bucker. And you have time to continue to work down the field, but you have an – like e- – you could manage the clock to get an out of bounds or get a spike to have enough time to kick a field goal. Yeah, if, I agree. If you're not able yeah. to score. But if you're Andy Reid, and I, I can't remember it, I, again, I'd want to watch it. It's Sky Moore or McColl. It's one of those three receivers is, is all the way in the end zone. And when rubo's yelling, Spike it, like, sure, but homie's sprinting 35 yards from the end zone back to the line of scrimmage, and it took him six seconds. Yeah. It, back to the line of scrimmage, so as Andy Reid evaluates the field at that point, he's like, we got two dudes that, like, even if we want to spike this thing, like, you weren't saving 15 seconds. You might have saved seven or eight. Right. But I think you, but if you immediately call timeout after the scramble, you're saving 25. And a field goal's tying it, and so that gives you, like, 40 seconds with no timeouts from the 36-yard line and Mahomes. I just want more time. And I know my quarterback can manage if something happens and we're inbounds, we can get on the ball and spike it with six, seven seconds left. Right. So I, I think that that wasn't a situation where you really think about spiking it. I think it's a really a situation where you see, think about saving the most possible amount of time to go score and win the game.
1: Let me ask you, and you this. And they didn't do that at that Let point. Let me ask you this. With 10 seconds to go at the San Francisco 10-yard line, whatever it was after that pass to Kelsey, would if, if they've got five DBs plus in the game, do you think about a quick draw to Pacheco? Is yeah. that is that your best play to score from there against a defense that's that's expecting pass uh, it, condensed no. field?
3: No, your best play to score from there is your best red zone pass package, and and then you know that your quarterback's got what two to three seconds to go off script, right? And he and he can work something where he gets outside of the pocket and maybe someone comes open or he finds someone. Your best play is to let Mahomes score. I I, I think without question.
1: I'll tell you the I, I mean I'm I'm going to say this for the third time. The play of the game is that Spagnuolo's blitz and the way they blitzed on the third and five on the previous possession gave Mahomes a chance to have the ball again because. It's third and five, and Purdy's capable. Although again, he wasn't great on third down versus the blitz, and he knew it at that point. And if they get a first down, I don't see we may not we may not see Mahomes back on the field. So let me.
3: um, I agree, but I don't even think if he completes the pass to get a first
1: down. Well, okay, Um, but you—they're
3: throwing a slant that looks like he's going to get tackled at about four.
1: Yeah, but you do. So what are you going to do after that? Maybe go for it.
3: Maybe. Um, I'll tell you one too, another mistake I think Kyle made and it, it was Kyle that called the timeout before the fourth and one, right?
1: Uh before the which fourth and one?
3: The Mahomes read option.
1: Uh yeah. He did did he, yeah, he called he that called timeout, timeout, right? Yeah. He called the timeout because they'd went
3: all out. I want to talk about one of the other all out pressures too, but he called the timeout and they're they're at the a fourth and one situation. No. no, Kansas mind, City right.
1: Kansas City called the timeout. You just pointed something else in my notes that I have not touched on today in radio or here. Kansas City called the timeout, and I was screaming, try to draw them off sides first and then call the timeout, and they didn't. They called it immediately. Kansas City called that timeout. Positive.
3: Okay, so the fourth and, the fourth and one, uh, like, here's the – who knows if you're going to end up stopping it or not. But let's play out this fourth – fourth-in-one situation. First of all, the start of zone of the zone read or the read option, whatever it is, was with Kyle, the 49ers God. and the Washington Redskins and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. The play design, the creation is Kyle Shanahan. Now, it's evolved where y- your lead blocker is now running a flat route, which becomes an available option. which is, is Triple good. option. It's That's
1: like a triple option, almost.
3: It's like a triple option. So, and I'm like, I like that instead of having that lead guy be a blocker because that makes the quarterback, it's a not a triple option. And now Kelsey's your available receiver, which, right. who you trust. But in my mind, and in anyone's mind watching the game and anyone involved, are they handing the ball off to the running back? No. I, I mean, I don't even know. Not if, right at
1: Armstead and Hargrave with the way they've been playing. No, you're right. You're right. So
3: you take your backside defense, like, and, and you know that Mahomes can run this, right? Like, everyone, it's very clear that they can run zone read.
1: He had already had a big zone read in run playbook. in the game. And what's that? He had already had a big zone run read in the but game.
3: He'd already had, yes. He'd already had one in the game. You take your backside defensive end and you do not crash run. It makes it hard because if you if – you, You're making a bet on not giving to the back. There's still a way to stop it, but if you don't crash, there's a cutback available. Then you take your backside linebacker and you hold him and say, you will define, you will not crash run until you are sure that quarterback doesn't have the ball. And now in doing that, you have basically given two gaps. If you do that, you're probably going to give run as a first down. Unless you get great penetration up front from your D tackles in front that end, you're probably going to give it up. But I'm going to bet on 100% in the Super Bowl in fourth and one in a critical situation. They're not handing the ball off to the running back. You then add two players to the zone read side with the quarterback. Yeah. You're able to cover Kelsey, and he has nowhere to go. I
1: thought was... I will
3: not allow your best player to beat me when I know your best player is going to have the ball. I thought it was. A, I thought that was a bad mistake by their defensive front, by the, by the defensive call. Kyle had time to think about it. He understands that there could have been a lot of prep into that. And, and, and that's an even easier one because you're going into a game and you're talking with your staff. And you're like, what are they going to go to in a critical situation on fourth and one? Well,
1: zone read's a really viable option. Yeah, he's not. Okay, how do you want to handle he's this? keeping the ball in his hands until there's no other option not to. I think that that would have been really smart on their part. Here's a question for you. Well, first of all, I hated the spot. I thought spots were a problem all day long, and I thought Pacheco yeah, was close yeah, enough yeah. On, on the play. Um, and I thought the spot, even if he didn't have a first down, was actually closer than what uh, they ended up spotting it. But here's a question for you. So, you know, you put it in, you you, you fake to Pacheco, and let's just say everything's open, including Kelsey's wide open to throw the football to him. Would you ever, as the quarterback on the play that will decide your fate in the game, if the game's over, would you ever just throw it to Kelsey, even if it was a potential much bigger play?
3: No. If I if I'm the quarterback and I know I can get the yeah, first just, down. Yeah, you you have to
1: run it. Down. You have to get the first down because yeah, just no, imagine, goodness. you know, you have a fluke drop. By the way, Kansas City led the league in drops this year. Right. Um yeah. Um interesting. So Go ahead. Here's
3: another thought on that same drive that I had I know we talked about it last night and it was another Rumble thing. So the 49ers are trying to disguise stuff and they're trying to hide stuff. They're playing that five across the board and then they Sometimes they're coming all out, and sometimes they're not coming all out.
2: And they play that five
3: across the board, and it's a third and six. And Rumble's like, "You cannot do that. You cannot all out Patrick Williams. He's going to understand it. Um, You have to all out him,
1: my opinion. Why?
3: You have to find a way to get pressure, bat a ball, because they're going for it on fourth and six.
1: It doesn't matter. And a drop back, let them have fourth and six.
3: I no, no. You're trying to create a situation where you get a sack, you get a batted ball, you get a bad throw, you get a pick. You, you're betting on if we play straight defense. Oh, for me, I'm betting on if I play straight defense against Mahomes on third and sixth and fourth and sixth. What are the odds that they do
1: not get that first down? Uh, that's that's fair. But really I, low in my opinion. He's going to get it. But what were the odds so he was going to pick up zero coverage blitz and find Rasheed Rice on a beautiful throw? Well, Th- those and are, here's the thing.
3: Cover Rashid Rice man-to-man. Like, lock him down at the line. Don't let him run at a free-release shallow cross. Yeah. Like, jam him up and cover Rashid Ross at the line of scrimmage like we talked about in practice. You you can't allow a free runner across the middle of the field on a shallow cross and man-to-man. Like, make him work from outside in. So you should have somewhat inside leverage. You know you're all outing it. The far outside throw takes longer, is harder to get to, with all that pressure, and all that pressure means okay. one's free. You have a that, free runner. Well, so I, I don't like my bet. Is analytically what's Mahomes? I give him two downs here. What's going to happen? Well, I, he's going to beat me. Okay, that, so I got to get a third and nine, a third and a fourth and ten. That's a good a reason. It's a, so.
1: It's a good reason to, to have disagreed with Romo. For everybody, just just because we're bouncing around here, this is the third. They've already picked up the fourth and one in overtime, and this is third and six at midfield when they came with seven. It was all-out zero coverage blitz and third and six and – I mean, Mahomes is just so smooth. That was the difference. San Francisco's quarterback couldn't get the third and five, and Mahomes delivered on third and six. And Romo said right before the snap, "You cannot come after him on this play. He'll pick it up and he'll burn it." And Cooley's saying, "That's your only chance because two uh, two chances on third and six and fourth and six, they're going to get it anyway." Um, so, but you also, I think, here's the other thing I would be, I would say. Zero coverage blitz in that spot opens up the possibility of a touchdown and and a loss too. Did did you consider that?
3: Well, I okay, I'm going to consider that right now and so does giving Mahomes four downs this <laughs> <It's still> time.
1: <laughs> I understand but I'm talking about on way. one play, on one play. <laughs>
3: no, I under, no, I do understand it. But just so everybody understands the zero blitz and when you're saying he'll pick it up and they'll pick it up the premise of zero blitz is it's not available to just pick up. We're exactly. bringing there's, one more there, than you can block. Exactly.
1: There's one more that you're not going to be bringing able to count
3: one for. more than you can block, and so it's on our defense to get that free runner free as fast as we get him free. So there's immediate unblocked pressure. Yeah. That is what zero Against blitz is.
1: Against Mahomes. He, they're lucky, they're lucky they have Rice five didn't eligibles. break a tackle and take it the distance because there are only four on defense, and there were four eligibles – how, what did they use as protection? Six? So well, they had five. Uh, so they, they had four eligible. Yeah.
3: yeah. So so, but you're still if you know if if your back checks and stays in yeah. protection, then you're adding the seventh. That's element right, right. In, into your blitz. If your back's out, then it becomes a six man pressure against five offensive linemen. You have one more because the quarterback's in the pocket. He can't block anybody.
1: I wanted to mention because we're we're getting long here, and I I want to get to a couple of other things. First of all, I, I'm so glad you addressed the Kelsey read thing um did you see the reaction from the swifties on this they want they want kelsey they want her to leave kelsey because of this let me just read a couple of the tweets like it lit up twitter oh my God. this thing um do we need to be scared for taylor's safety red flag absolute reason to run from him any man that acts like that <laughs> likes to yell at anyone and everyone needs to go I speak for most of the fan base when I say Taylor needs to leave this man. He's assaulting a man for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's so good. Um it, it was so it was so perfect. I, I saw a lot of reactions from people that I was surprised that they were so uh, pissed off and and like, "Oh my god, this can't be good." Here's my answer to it. First of all, like I've said in many of these instances, I always feel like the overreaction comes from the people who have never competed in anything in their life. But to your point, even if they've competed at work really hard and they're really good competitors, you you, you go right to HR for that reaction. But I think what really is true in this instance is – Look, and their relationship, you know, neither one of them had any issue. Of course, they won the game. Who knows what it would have been like had they lost, but I think it would have been fine. Nothing. But in many hugged it out, uh, Travis, hug it out, bitch, as Michael Scott uh, said about, you know, uh, making Dwight do his dry cleaning. Um, uh, after he went to Jan to try to get the uh, regional manager uh, position. Um, when, uh, what was I going to say? Travis Kelsey's earned it. Like there are certain players yeah. that have reached a status and have been with their coach long enough where you just have to assume the that it's not the worst. He has earned it. They've been in these situations so many times that we've never seen before. Um, It was just – it looked bad because Reed wasn't expecting it, and he's an older guy, and he got knocked off balance a little bit. But, I mean, come on, people. Um, So, real quickly, like, I I wanted to real quickly talk about some things that I didn't like, and then I want to mention a a, a play or two that I don't think I talked about enough. San Francisco's missed opportunities really – they're going to look back at Super Bowl Fifty Eight, and they're going to say – we fumbled going in for a touchdown on the opening drive. Our best left tackle in franchise history and one of the greatest to ever play goes false start and holding back to back to derail another drive. We don't create a, a chance for another possession using defensive timeouts at the end of the first half. We botch
3: a... our star linebacker te- tears his Achilles on the way out. Right. Game.
1: Well, the injuries we you know we've mentioned Kittle and Debo playing hurt. We that's still a big missed opportunity. I know. We botch a punt return. We miss an extra point. We have a chance to put the game away on a third and five, and we don't pick up a blitz. Um, I thought, and we haven't mentioned this one, I want to go back and look at it a little bit more because I know they came with extra man pressure at least once or twice. I thought the 49ers, coverage-wise, on the last Kansas City drive – Got a little too soft, and I and and they're up three, and you don't want to give up a touchdown, and you kind of have to assume it's Mahomes. He's going to at least get him into butker range, which by the way apparently was seventy yards yesterday in Vegas. Um, but I thought that they gave up too much stuff on that last drive, um, and then you know not blocking Chris Jones on the third and four and overtime is going to hurt them. Um, Uh, Yeah, San Francisco is going to look back and they're going to say, we kind of did it to ourselves, although that would be kind of a delusional stance because of how great Mahomes was down the stretch. But still, this game had a chance, Cooley, to be a 17-20-3 kind of game at halftime. Um, From Kansas City's standpoint, one thing we haven't talked about is Hold on
3: really quick. Yeah. Hold on really quick before we go to Kansas City cuz I think he made a really really good point on that last drive. And I think even Romo said something as they, as they progressed down the field. I and mean, he started with you don't want to give them anything. I play defense until they get into bucker range. I play legit. We have to stop them here defense. Yeah. And then when they get into field goal range, play soft. Make them chew clock. Make them eat stuff up. I mean, I I understand Like they're trying to ensure that they don't give up the big play to give Kansas City a lot more time on the clock to then go in and score, and they did eat some clock with some of those short plays, but and I, I would have played defense. Where did they start? You know, the thirty-five, something like that. No, they started at the twenty. They, start they started
1: the, at the twenty-five because San Francisco kicked the, kick the field They goal.
3: were at the fifty, and they were at the fifty and three. Yeah, plays. but
1: that the third and two, the San Francisco came after him with the blitz, and he dumped it off to uh, McKinnon, um, which was another right. And McKinnon, you
3: know, yeah, that was a big play. But yeah, I I, I think those couple easy throws were they, they probably should have been playing
1: tighter. Maybe. Um, from a Chiefs standpoint, look in the they they had they had five penalties for fifty three yards. The Sneed penalty was terrible in the first half. Um, I thought uh, Andy Reid made a mistake. He called a timeout with a minute three to go uh, at the end of the first half. Minute three or minute nine? Hold on, I'm checking. Um, before Kyle didn't use his timeouts, Reid calls a timeout. With a minute nine left, it's like they're at the fourteen first and ten. You don't want to have San Francisco uh, get another possession. You know that that clock should have been running there. Um, how about the fact that the snaps from Creed Humphrey were just so consistently low? I mean, to your it may point, they've
3: been that way the last couple of weeks. I've been, I, I mean, in the Baltimore game, they were the same way. Mahomes did a great job fielding everything, but yeah, two weeks in a row at least.
1: And then. Um, and then here's what I wanted to mention. There, there were, I, I already talked about the spots. I thought there were a lot of bad spots in the game. But you, I don't know if you noticed this, if you're watching the condensed version of the first half. There's a play on Kansas City's third drive of the game. It's scoreless at that point, I'm pretty sure. Third and one, and Rice gets the ball and he gets a first down. And then if you're watching the game, you think he fumbled the ball and Watson, number 84, recovers. But what he actually did, and Nance picked up on this, he actually tried to pitch the ball to uh, to Watson on the third and one. Okay, Rice gets a, 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 a fly sweep. He's got the first down, and he pitches it. He pitched the ball. But here's the issue. It was a forward lateral. Right. Kansas City should have... I'm sorry, San Francisco should have challenged the play as a forward lateral. I don't know if it would have been called that, but I think that's a loss of down penalty and they would have had to punt. Um, and so it was three to nothing. San Francisco had kicked a field goal in the previous drive. And so it was weird. You thought it was a fumble. And then Nance picked up on did he pitch that ball? And then the replay was oh my God, he was trying to pitch it to him and he pitched it forward. So, it, you know, would they, is it possible they would have said, well, the call on the field was a fumble and we don't see it as, see it as an intentional pitch and therefore since it's a fumble, then it, there's no lateral, there's no break, there's no illegal play. But I thought that that was a forward lateral and could have been challenged by San Francisco. And then here's one other thing, and I don't know if you've noticed it in football this year. I have not mentioned this, I don't think at all. When there is a team facing a fourth down in either field goal range or, you know, punt, either field goal or go for it or punt or go for it. When they are not decisive and the play clock is ticking down. When they decide on punt, they reset the play clock to 25. They did it last night twice. And I that can't that that's wrong. First of all, it's great when you have the under to get, you know, more than forty seconds to elapse between plays. But it makes no sense. But it makes no sense because and it's it's an advantage to the offense. Like they should be penalized if that play clock runs out, regardless of the decision they made to punt the ball. But you'll see it that when they decide I, not
3: I think it's because you have to allow the substitution.
1: That's okay, but that's that's on that's on the referee to to, to to if they make the decision to to kick the field goal or to punt with let's say 15 seconds left on the play clock okay they come out and now you've got to give ample time for the defense to come out and switch what they are doing when you decide to kick field goal or punt is they're just resetting the play clock to 25 right no that should be force that should force the offensive team to call a timeout or take a 5 yard penalty I think. I don't know why you'd, I, I, you'd give the I indecisive agree. party a benefit of 25 seconds on the play clock. But it's happened all year long, and I've noticed it, and it happened last night before a field goal and before a punt, I'm pretty sure. If you go back and, and find them, I, I didn't...
3: It's that or you stop the play clock. It, I mean, if you get your entire punt team on the field, you... Stop the game and play clock with the defense substitutes, and then start the play clock once you you blow it live. I don't know. It's a good call. It's a good question.
1: Well, the other thing too that happened last night, which was interesting, is did, you know, did this was the first half? I think I've, I think it was the first half where the streak, oh yeah the streaker with the kids the streaker came on. the Oh field. and they didn't show it. They didn't. It was well, second half. Well, they never show it. But, oh, they, streak, stopped, but they, they stopped. They stopped the, the clock. clock. We can't talk about it. They stopped the clock. And then they reset the play clock. And instead of just picking it up where it left off. And, you know, when you're rooting for the under, you want them to, to, to do that, but then you want the team to use it all. But, the, but they didn't. They snapped it with like 28 seconds left on the play clock. Anyway, um, it was such a memorable okay. game. It was just a, a phenomenal, certainly the last hour to hour and a half was we we want that was a super bowl we will not forget and mahomes is just absurd he's just i was looking at his playoff stats he's 15 and 3 as a starter in the playoffs all right in the playoffs alone he's thrown for 5100 yards his completion percentage is 68% he's got 41 touchdowns and eight interceptions in the postseason his sack totals, in total in 18 games, he's only been sacked 18, uh, 35 times. But in the last six, uh, seven playoff games, he's only been sacked eight times. His sack percentage is ridiculously low. He did have, he, you know, he threw an interception. It was a bad interception um, there uh, at the beginning of the first half. He had, a, he had a pitch to Pacheco that Pacheco fumbled on that first play of the second half that was kind of a little bit off. But man, he just knows what he needs to do for his team to win. And if it's do a lot, he does that. If it's not make any mistakes like it was against Baltimore for 3 quarters, he does that. He's just really special as a player. Incredibly special. Um, did you so like amazing. did you like the halftime show or did did you even watch the halftime show? Didn't watch it. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought Usher was well, I'll tell
3: you what I enjoyed. Good. I, I yeah. enjoyed this conversation with you.
1: You know what? This was pretty good. This was a good job by you. You're pretty good at this. Uh, you are the best right. ever. Uh, can we get you on certainly to to do film breakdown of the three quarterbacks that they're going to have potentially the choice Yeah,
3: I, I want to I actually, yes, I'm going to watch some film on the draft stuff. So.
1: Yep. Okay. yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, we will do that. Uh, maybe some free agency stuff, too. After they, Not pre-free agency, but maybe when they sign people in free agency, Cooley can do some film breakdowns and let us know how that player. Oh, I wanted to read this to you real quickly. This was an Apple review. Please rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. Subscribe, follow us. I read this last week, but I thought it was funny. This came from Browski Bro. Gave us five stars. Uh, love the show, but very preachy, Kevin, on Dan Quinn. Feels very get on board with Dan Quinn or get out you know, with a smiley face because I always tell people that are lecturing us on Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz and Sam Howell and other people, stop lecturing. We can have our opinion. But then he says this. You keep talking about how successful Quinn was in Atlanta, but I, but at the time you and Cooley – had repeated discussions on if Atlanta should be the first team to swap fire the head coach and the offensive coordinator, attributing most of Atlanta's success to Kyle. I remember the Sean McVay, Jay Gruden suggestion by you. I did not remember you saying Kyle should be the head coach, Dan Quinn shouldn't be.
3: I probably did. I I mean... I would have felt. I would have feel that way now.
1: Are Are you a Dan Quinn fan I don't, or
3: not? I, I honestly, I honestly don't recall.
1: Okay. Are you a Dan Quinn fan? Do you like him being the new head coach or not?
3: I, I just, I'm indifferent. Okay. I guess we'll see how it plays out. I, I'm in, I'm indifferent. <laughs> I, I thought he's he's. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I don't know if he's a great head coach. He wasn't in Atlanta. He was. There were times when they were they were really good, but I'm just I don't have a lot of feelings one way or another towards Dan Quinn, but the other part the other side of that is I don't know I've never even met Dan Quinn.
1: Do you have an opinion on Cliff Kingsbury? He's the offensive coordinator, if you didn't know that.
3: He better be able to develop a quarterback.
1: We'll leave it there. All right. Thanks for doing
3: this. It didn't work out. It did not work out for him at his last stop. Kyler Murray? In terms of developing a quarterback.
1: It might might have been the quarterback.
3: It might have, and think of who you're drafting next because it might be the quarterback again.
1: Alright, be good. Appreciate All you right. doing this. Alright, I'll finish Later. up with some Skins coaching news right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Hey guys, a new sponsor I want to tell you about. Our new sponsor, and we welcome them, is Lucy. Lucy is upping the nicotine pouch game with Lucy Breakers. Pouches packing a little something extra inside. What are Lucy Breakers? Well, if you know pouches, you know that the nicotine doesn't hit immediately and neither does the flavor. The geniuses at Lucy came up with a brilliant way to fix both of those problems. They put a mini liquid capsule inside each breaker's pouch. Here's what you do. You grab a breaker's pouch and you break the capsule. Yes, you can break it with your teeth. It makes a really satisfying pop. You put it in your lip and enjoy the immediate nicotine and flavor release. Nobody's doing anything like this except for Lucy. It's a new kind of pouch technology and it's only available for... From Lucy, no more sandpaper pouches drying out in your mouth. No more weak flavors that don't last. Breakers are different. Four or eight milligrams of tobacco-free 100% pure nicotine. Six delicious flavors, too. Unique ones like apple ice or espresso and classics like mint or mango. It's time to break up with your dusty gas station pouches and go to lucy.co slash Sheehan and use promo code Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N, to get 20% off your first order. Lucy offers free shipping and has a 30-day refund policy if you change your mind. That's lucy.co. Use my code Sheehan to get 20% off and always free shipping. And here comes the fine print. Lucy products are only for adults of legal age, and every order is age verified. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: This
1: last segment of the show brought to you by our good friends at Do South in Navy Yard. They've got a party, a big one, tomorrow, Fat Tuesday, February 13th. Get ready to let the good times roll with their legendary Cajun buffet. Live music, beads galore. We're talking about the most authentic Mardi Gras experience outside of the Big Easy right here in the nation's capital. It's the party of the year. You don't want to miss it. It's at Do South in Navy Yard. It is a Mardi Gras bash, good times, great eats. That's how they do it down south. They bring it all to DC. For more, go to do southdc.com. So Super Bowl weekend is typically, you know, 60% about the game itself and 40% about about the other 30 teams that aren't playing in it until you get to about an hour and a half before kickoff. Uh, but, man, there was a lot of reporting on the draft in particular from over the weekend. I am going to wait until tomorrow's show to get into, with Tommy, what Doug Williams said, what Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo from the NFL Network Um, said. Um, But needless to say, it's all just a lot of talk right now. There are going to be so many reports and it's going to be actually fun and exciting to hear what is reported to try to decipher what's true and what isn't between now and the end of April. Um, because we're a part of it. You know, Washington with number two overall, with three quarterbacks being considered worthy of the top five, top three. Um, it's gonna be a big uh part of the conversation. Washington's, you know, number two pick and whether or not they're interested in moving up, whether or not they're interested in picking it to, whether or not they're interested in moving back. I'm gonna save some of that for tomorrow. I'm also gonna save this big story from earlier today about a Virginia state legislator that said the move of the wizards and the caps to Northern Virginia is dead. Louise Lucas is the chair of the Senate Finance and Appropriations Committee. Um, she suggested uh, uh, today that Glenn Youngkin, the the governor of Virginia, made a series of mistakes in trying to advance the deal through the General Assembly um, and said that it ain't going to happen. Others, on behalf of Monumental Sports, are saying it's proceeding uh, as they thought. Meantime, Mayor Bowser's, uh, you know, threatening to sue if they were to leave early. So there's a lot of stuff there. I'm going to save a lot of that for tomorrow. Uh, With Tommy as well. I did want to close the show um, with just a couple of pieces of news related to Dan Quinn's coaching staff. When we last talked on Friday, Larry Izzo, the former special teams coach uh, or coordinator in Seattle, was reportedly leaving to become the same here in DC for four straight seasons in Seattle as either the interim special teams coach or the actual special teams coach. The Seahawks special teams units finished third, fifth, fourth, and eighth per the DVOA metric. Now he has had an outstanding punter for the last several seasons in Michael Dixon and a really good kicker, solid kicker in Jason Myers, but they've been good on coverage, et cetera. Um, So Larry Izzo, And, of course, Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr., the three big hires, the offensive, defensive, and special teams coaches. Uh, We know that last week they added added Brian Johnson to a a big-time role on offense. They added Jason Simmons to the defensive staff as a DB's coach. They said that Tavita Pritchard was staying. Uh, We learned over the weekend that Randy Jordan, longtime running backs coach, um, and a big part of some of the clock management and uh, some of that decision um, as it relates to, you know, helping Ron Rivera out on that front. Now, they had an analytics analytics guy um, in the booth that had a straight shot to Ron's headset during games as well. Um, but he's gone. He's going to Tennessee. Interesting. He had been here. And I, was, I went to look this up because I'm like, man, he's been here for a long time. Uh, Ten years he had been here. Um, And then we had reports today that Ryan Kerrigan is staying on to be the assistant linebackers and pass rush specialist um, and that they've hired Bobby Johnson as the O-line coach. Johnson was the Giants O-line coach this past season. Why is that significant? Well, I'll tell you why. Um, We followed the – situation with respect to sacks here in Washington all season long and how Sam Howell was on this record-setting pace uh, in terms of of sacks. Uh, but the Giants, as a team, actually led the league in sacks taken. Now, they had so many different quarterbacks, as you recall, um, playing, including that Tommy DeVito, who I think took 10 sacks in the Washington game. It was something like that. Um, But the Giants ended up taking, as a team with Bobby Johnson as the offensive line coach, 85 sacks on the season, 20 more than Washington. Um, Now, again, many different quarterbacks played in New York this year. Washington only had one quarterback take 65 um, sacks. But between Tyrod Taylor, Tommy DeVito, and Daniel Jones, 85 sacks. But I have to tell you that Tommy DeVito, In nine and in um, playing in nine games. Now he started. uh, Let me figure this out how many games he started. He started in it looks like five games, um, came off the bench in four others, maybe started six, came off the bench in three others. But he took 37 of the 85 sacks. Tyrod Taylor took 17, Daniel Jones took 30. Um, But that's who the new offensive line coach is, Bobby Johnson, who was most recently in Seattle. Uh, On radio, I'm supposed to have Dan Quinn on the show later in the week. Um, So I will try to give you a heads up on the podcast when that's going to be. All right, we are done for the day. Incredible Super Bowl. Back tomorrow with Tommy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early,